Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Stitcher Studios. <laughs> Stitcher Studios. Like, you're all Co's cozy. Let me see that watch. There has to be a story behind that. Save it. Save it for the POD. I'm fucking potting now, bro. Are we on? I fucking start rolling the minute, right? Oh, that's smart. Let me see this watch. 90,000. What did you ask me? What? <laughs> to Literally with me, Rob Lowe. Very, very, very excited about the podcast today. I have one of my oldest buddies. Um, he's one of the funniest men around. Um, he's reinvented himself so many different times and so many different shows and movies. Um, he's got a tremendous selection of trucker hats and He's got preternaturally looking youthful blonde hair. And of course, you've probably done the math by now, and you've guessed that my guest today is David Spade. So we're going to start with two watch stories. Okay, good. I had an old Rolex, like an old time one, you know, uh, you know, from the 50s or something. I actually gave Gervitz one for his birthday. We have the same manager. Yeah, we have the same manager, Mark, Mark Gervitz. Gervitz. He's terrible. He's terrible. Uh, <laughs> He's fucking awful. Look at us. We're both on a fucking podcast. How you, good can he be? By the way, I have to say, <laughs> Rob works nonstop. You, you bust your ass. I'm a grinder. I am. We were going to do something the other day, and I thought, Rob is fitting us in in between so many things, and I appreciate it because you bust your hump. Okay, here's a boring watch story, so everyone tune out. I had this old Rolex, so I'm going... I only tell these stories because they have some celebrities involved or people were. Really oh, I'm all about the drop of the name. Down. Nobody uh, wants to hear about you know your Maya Rudolph grocer. and Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson. Whoa, 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 whoa! That, whoa, I did not see that. Did you oh, say really? Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, my favorite director. Maya, Paul, and my local grocer. We all went to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> no, I rented a plane, so of course. I ran into those guys. I go, if you want to jump on, we're all going to Hawaii. And it was when their kid Pearl was just born. So I don't think he cares if I tell this dumb story. So we had a fun time. But on the way home, we were bored on the plane. And he goes, uh, 
he said, oh, let me check out that watch. And so he tried it on and whatever, whatever. So about two days later, I go, oh, wait, he's got my watch. So I said, hey, man, you know, so weird, awkward. I don't, I don't know him that well, but and he's a big, like, star director. He thinks I probably want to be in a movie or something, even though I know that ship is sailed. Well, why would you ever want to be in his movies when you could be in Adam's movies? Yeah, I got, I'm Fucking, covered. Nobody needs Paul Thomas Anderson. He got Adam Sandler. I don't want him dragging me down. No. So I says to him, I says, hey, PTA, um, I think you accidentally asked. He goes, oh, yeah, I still have it. Let me know if you're ever in the Valley, you can grab it. Why is it my... Why do I have to wait, go wait, get wait, it? Wait, wait, wait. It was actually your watch? I thought he went out and got one. And you were no, like- No, he tried it on and then he never took it off. Dude. So I forgot. And then I go, oh, you got my watch. And he's like, oh yeah. Instead of going, let me bring it over to you. He goes, yeah, just let me know. And I go, you motherfucker. What's that, that great story that um, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, told yeah. me? So I guess he met Vladimir Putin at some point. And Putin, do you know the story? Oh, when he put on his ring. His yeah. Super Bowl ring? When he put, when, yeah. Putin wanted to see a Super Bowl ring. Put on his Super Bowl ring and never gave it back. And said, it's mine now. Just, just, just never, just didn't give it back and Kraft didn't want to ask for it. I couldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want to be thrown in a fucking canal. Gulag? Yeah, in the Witsit Canal. <laughs> so here I am. About a year later, I go, uh, hey, any ETA on that watch? You got a 20 on it? And he's like, dude, let's have dinner. And next time I see you, I've seen him 20 times since then. I've never seen the watch. So I still don't have it. Second story. Wait, that's not true. You still don't have the watch. Uh, I don't. I didn't. Never got it back. It's been easily what ten years? Isn't that funny? Y- you sh- you should be what? Should I be livid? He's, yes. No, he's a big writer director. I'm not going to make any waves. That is unbelievable. Uh, he said, "I'll introduce you to Joaquin." I've abandoned my watch. <laughs> that's CJ. from. There what is uh, There Will Be Blood? It's from There Will Be Blood. So I was at the, uh, all the grown-ups were doing some promo thing in Las Vegas. So we're all there and we're all wasted. No. So I'm- No, I find that very hard to believe. On the Super Bowl. So a couple days later, I can't find my, this juicy Rolex, the one that's worth the most. So I go, oh no, I lost it in Vegas. It must've been Vegas. So I called the hotel and I didn't want to blame them. I said, listen- I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, I don't have it. If you see it and they said, okay, we have to check. We'll look at the videotapes. They know when your maids go in. I, they know more right. than you think. Right. They have video. The, the keys are clocked in when they go in your room. So I go, yeah, just tell me which maid stole it. It's fine. Uh, and so <laughs> they said, the guy called me. I was dating an African-American woman at the time. And they said, oh, we had a breakthrough. We saw an African-American woman come in the hotel around midnight that night with sort of a case-closed attitude. (laughs) (laughs) What? And I go, right? And they go, so? And I go, well, she was with me. She didn't steal it. Okay, you want us to keep looking? Yes, keep looking. She was staying with me. And they go, okay. So cut to, I have to file a report. And then they send me. Actually, more than it was worth. They said the new version of these. So it was very nice. The insurance was very... I've never got anything insurance. I felt like the biggest loser. I go, I don't want to be one of these guys. I actually lost it, whatever. But I did lose it. I did. I did lose it. And they didn't say a word. They said, here's your money. Two weeks later, I see Swartzen and I go, dude, I had a watch just like that. And he goes, oh yeah, this is yours. What? I go, but that's my watch? He goes, oh yeah, remember I tried it on Super Bowl night and we were all fucked up? I go, and you never mentioned it since? He goes, no. 
But if you want it back, if I want it back, what? So he gave it back, and then I had to call the insurance. Oh, you're such an honest man. I did, and then I, I sent him their money back. That's that's some that's the Arizona in you. It's <sighs> my mom. Yeah. It's your good. My fan. dad would be willing to look the other way. Look the other way. Yeah. Who who among us wouldn't? <laughs> I hate these kids on spring break. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I mean, I don't know. I was not a big spring break guy anyway. I was like, my, my, in my 20s, my whole fucking life was spring break. What did I need I that mean, for? Oh, my God. The Rob yeah. Lowe life. Everyone wishes. You know? Every uh, every girl I know still is in love with you. You haven't lost one step. They're come on. like, Rob Lowe is on your show. Rob Lowe this, Rob Lowe that. And then, <laughs> they're like, oh. I go, yeah, Just you don't need to say his name three times in a row. I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah, they all love you still, so you're, not, you're doing fine. And someone told me today they were glad you don't, you're not covered in tattoos. How many tattoos do you have? Any? I have one that I got right when I first got sober. It was like, it was like my, um, I st- I'm still wild. I may be sober now, but man, I'm still edgy. Yeah, that's true. And I look like Popeye the Sailor Man. Yeah. I literally look like I'm a, like in the, the a Longshoreman's Union. It's so faded and bad. Mine is... You're maybe not a tattoo guy. You could do it. My have a couple and they suck, but uh, I'm not a tattoo guy either. Well, it looks like you have one on your hand. What is that? I do write on my hand because it's the only way for me to remember stuff. And uh, Wait, you have a phone. You could like dictate it into the phone, right? That's a great point, but I, I, I actually know for sure I'll look at my hand and remember things. But I remember one kid said, he was at spring break, and I was pissed because I was holed up, and he goes, Fucking Corona, man. It's either going to get me or it's not, man. I'm here to party on spring break. I'm like, I think you should just die the normal way off a fucking balcony at Senior Frogs. Like, every <laughs> spring break. Like, let's go that way. That's why he knew Corona wasn't going to get him first. He's like, watch this. I'll be on Barstool Sports. <laughs> Luckily, my neck broke my fall. <laughs> Spade Ram. We've known each other a long time. Yeah. A long time. Like, did I meet you on Tommy Boy, or I know no, you before that? No, dude, we. I did the show. I did the show. I did the show. Weren't you on? I don't think I was. Oh wait, there maybe when you, you weren't. SNL. Maybe you weren't. Yeah, I think I just barely missed you. When do you remember what year? Without telling the everybody, first time. To, the first um, the first time I hosted was eighty eight. I wasn't there yet. Then I hosted in like ninety six. I think you just missed me. Yeah. And then and then I I think I hosted in two thousand. Holy sometime. shit! A three hoster. A three hoster. It's a it's a good company. It's a really good company. I've done it twice, and it was so much fucking harder than I thought it would. Was be. Was it different? What's the difference between hosting it and being on it? It's so much harder to be the host because I was also a scrub. So the most I was in was three sketches. I think ever. I would maybe do an update piece and then the Gap Girls or something, but that was overwhelming. When I first hosted, I was in 13. I was in the cold opening, a commercial parody, monologue, weekend update bit. There was nothing I wasn't in. And Rob, I get overwhelmed easy. I remember I was sick. So I was so no. stressed out. You, you got a little bit, you a little bit of hypochondria yeah. thing going, right? I got stressed. I remember that. I got stressed because, <laughs> because I mean, I was legitimately sick, but. It was because of that. I mean, it was so overwhelming that by, and meanwhile, I've seen every host go through it. And I used to give him a speech like, listen, Friday night, you might panic, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I flip the script and I don't listen to anyone. I'm like, ah, ah. so during dress, I'm slowing down. I'm feeling weird. I'm feeling sweaty. Uh-oh. I'm in a UPS outfit for one of my fucking bullshit bits. 
I'm looking at cards. I don't even know what bit I'm in. They're moving so fast. I'm like, <laughs> am I Irish in this? They're like, no. I'm like, uh. And so I start to feel sick during it. They go, okay, you know, it's over, commercial. And dress for the people at home is exactly like the air show. They could air it. It's full makeup, full rehearsal, full outfit. Live audience. Live audience. Yeah. You wouldn't know the difference. Nope. And then they hack off sketches afterwards. They go about two hours. So here I am about an hour and a half in. They Marcy Klein grabs me to run to the next 30 seconds to the next bit. And I go, hang on a second. <laughs> She's like, what? What? And everyone's like, what? And then Joe Dixon, everyone just stops in their tracks. And I slink off the chair and then lay on the floor of the stage. And they go, what's going on? Everyone's like, spades down, spades down. <laughs> and they go, what's going on? And then they go, stop, stop, stop. And then the band stops. And then no. they're just staring me laying down. And I'm like, cold floor. Like, you know when you're sick? And you're, yeah. You're you're dr- I was drenched in sweat. I don't know what was happening. They dragged me to that host. Uh, you know, you go past the, uh, the host, the host dressing desk, room, the host dressing room right yeah. next to music dressing room. Yep. Which is fun when you're across from like Nirvana. Hey. Oh yeah. Or me, I get the pogues and they're in there with like barnyard animals. <laughs> I got disgusting. I got ripped off on my music guests too, but I didn't, I had, I had Spice Girls at their height oh, and fun. Eminem and Dido. Uh, you're Thank f- you very much. Yeah. So I roll. Um, did you survive? The charm life continues. Uh, I so Marcy's outside the door, and I go in and I start barfing. No, you and actually did her. Yes, just this is my stomach is so sick. It's all nerves, I guess. And I hear outside the door, Lauren, Marcy, Downey, like anyone important, going, "Well, what's going on?" Well, I we we're gonna have to in ten more minutes. We have to air a rerun. I mean, we're not gonna be ready. We got to tell NBC we're not ready. Because they hadn't finished dress, let alone oh, no, this fucking is... turn it around quickly for air. And so Lauren goes, well, let us know. We've never run a rerun. So I go, oh, my God, and add to the stress, more puke. And then I hear birds tweeting, and I guess I puked it all out. Maybe I had some of those bad uh, pork chops I got out of a vending machine. That's a bad, that's that's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. And then I felt a little better, and then they powdered me, powdered my behind, shoved me out my sketches. I, I did like two final sketches. Bomb them. The writers are like, thanks. I took a total dive. <laughs> I was like, well, 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 let's just get through it. Those two immediately were cut. <laughs> we're cut. <laughs> because I gave it 20%. Yeah, for sure. For and then sure. I'm sitting in that meeting. The one you've dreamed about before. Air where like Tom Hanks is all excited. Like, what are we doing? He's got his book out. He's got his scripts. He's right. like, we're cutting this. We're losing this. Tom, look at the camera on this. We're taking the back of it off. All right, you're going to have a different hat on. And everyone's like, yep, yep, yep. The whole place. I'm like this. David, David, huh? Are we still talking about the show? Yes. <laughs> I'm like dr- drifting off, and then we get out there, and I do all right. But who's I, your who's your musical guest? It was uh, Eagle Eye Cherry was on one. Not oh to my. say he's not the best, but not to say he's not the best, but who is he? <laughs> no, just not to say he's any person. No, Eagle Eye Cherry had save tonight until the break of dawn comes. That could not be. If you had to think of a more Song that was more dated. I don't think you could think of one. <laughs> they we had. I don't think you could think of one. We had. I think the music guy got fired over Hot House Flowers. He said this will be the new Nirvana, and they fucking bombed. Did they? What was the? Okay, you you were there for how many years? Uh, six. What was the? What What was the biggest disaster you witnessed? Were you there for Steven Seagal? Yes, you were. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, for those who don't know, he is widely and unanimously, that's the same thing, right? Widely and unanimously eh, considered close. the worst host in the history of SNL. 
He, you and, know, and I hope he's not around to kick my ass. I, have, I think he's in Russia, so it's all good. I have to defend him a little he's, bit. He's fucking there with Vlad, Robert Kraft's Super Bowl ring. I think maybe his one-inch ponytail was too tight that night because- Wait, you're defending him? A little bit. Why? Only because he was totally, You liked his ideas. He was friendly enough to me. The only thing he did, which was he tightened up, which is a lot of hosts do. I don't know if you did it. Uh, I didn't do it. I threw up, but I didn't tighten up as far as- you have to sort of trust these 30 people you don't know. You have to walk in and say- 100%. I, a lot of people think we're there to make fun of them. And we're saying true. we respect you. If we're getting you on the show to host, we all want it to work. Yep. And if you make fun of yourself, this is where it gets tricky. If you make fun of yourself, it will benefit you. And we promise you. And if you don't, and you fight it so much, and that was him. He was too cool and had his image- and, you know, like Stallone would come on, you know, whoever would come on and they make fun of rock. And, you know, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And then people go, oh, you're a human. You play so cool, but you can at least goof around and and it's more relatable. He wouldn't do kung fu fighting as a uh, cold open oh my God. or a monologue. And it was like everybody was going. <laughs> but he was, we had it something funny. Then he throws in little kicks, you know. Uh, it would have been amazing. It was amazing. It just amazing. Because, and then I think we walk up and get kicked and fall down and. <laughs> So he says he'll do it, but he just talks it. It's still kind of funny, but he won't He won't play at all. And then the other sketches he was fighting. A lot of people, you have to go through their people when you just want to grab someone and say, hey, Rob, here's- What about this idea? Can I tweak yeah, this? Because totally. I wrote it. And some people still make you go through people and then it gets- That's so crazy. When, whenever I host, I was in the writer's room. I think that's all the part whole time. of the fun. Yeah, 100%. Like you go in and you're in the shit with everybody. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I'm one of you. If I can help, I'll add jokes if you don't want me to, but let's just play with it. And you'll come in my office. Uh, if people don't know, like they would bring Rob or Patrick Swayze, whoever it was, and they would go office to office at one in the morning after Lauren took them to dinner, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and and it starts around 10, 30, 11, and they walk to all the writers' rooms. So mm-hmm. you come in my office and they say, this is Spade and Farley's room. And uh, if they have any And ideas, you guys had your own room. You were the right yeah, we together. were together. And then like- Liz or Marcy would stand outside who handled the host and just wait. But they didn't have a PR. They didn't have anyone with them. No, nobody. I think now they might, but they didn't have anyone. So they'd walk in and they'd say, hey, they think, the best part was they think we're all equal. They think we're all great writers. So they think I'm as good as Smigel or Downey. They just say, here's Spade. He's a writer. And they're all their trust. You can see them looking at you like, what are we doing? I'm like, I just give fake questions. Do you do a Russian accent? They're like, uh, I can work on it. I'm like, hmm. Might help for, what, Gap Girls? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm writing. I'm just bullshitting because I'm stuck. But you get to pitch me idea. They formulate it with you. And sometimes they'll say, I don't think that's for me. And it saves you eight hours of writing. You I, yeah, I remember the first time I met Mike Myers. I remember going into his writing room mm-hmm. and him saying, okay, which would you rather do, Sprockets or Wayne's World? Ooh. And I remember saying, I fucking hate, i got to be honest, I hate Wayne's World. I think All it's right. stupid. I want to do Sprockets. Oh, you were in Wayne's World movie, though. I know. That's the great irony. <laughs> but we did a Sprockets on my show because that was the one is, I liked. You like it better. I liked it better. How, was Farley, did he ever actually write? He wrote one called uh, I don't uh, remember. Doggy I don't, Doctor. He what was, wrote one sketch. What was, what was Doggy Doctor? Well, it never got past read-through, obviously. <laughs> he threw it in with the pros, and it was fucking the biggest bomb. And I kept looking across going, fucking bombing. Like, of course, everyone was fine. Because he was so tense and pulling his hair. And 
and, and licking his dollar bills because it was like 12 pages. It was way too long and it was bombing from the first sentence. Oh, no. And um, and everyone's staring at him and he's trying to get through it and give it everything. And it was such a piece of shit. But it was so funny just to watch because when we came back in the office, I go, I have a, I have a sketch. Puppy lawyer. Your Honor. Arf, arf. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, fuck you, David. Everyone, no one laughed. Like it was our fault. I go, well, it was, yeah, it's called bombing at read-through. We all do it. But uh, people think I'm busting his balls, but we would just do it for fun because he liked it. Uh, he also, oh, I had one on a really soft week called Goo Goo in the Honeypot. And it was, I liked the title. It was Farley in an eight-foot honeypot trying to crawl out. And everyone's <laughs> going, Goo Goo, he's in a diaper. Are you in the honeypot again? And he goes, no. And then he's Wait, got, I feel like I've... Well, wait, why do I know this? Well, it, it's just sort of an old story that didn't make it. And then Lauren is the only one. Um, Goo Goo and the Honey Pot is yes. going to go on after update. <laughs> Everyone, Goo Goo, should we save it for um, uh, Tom Hanks next what week? What do you think, Goo Goo, Tom Hanks, Goo Goo? Maybe anyone? Tom Hanks getting the Honey Pot with Goo Goo. So I say, uh, so Farley's all in. And we go to read through. And it's three pages, the script. Cause it's obviously just sort of a couple jokes. So Lauren's like, okay, Jack Candy with Toonses, blah, 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 finishes it, goes to the next script. Toonses. He goes, goo goo and the honey pot. Pause, pause. Flips it all, the whole script over and goes, Wayne's World cold open. I go, <laughs> and we all stare and go, what the fuck? He skipped it. It's never, ever happened. That's never happened. Never. I don't know what the fuck. Maybe he got whispers. It's a piece of shit. I Wait, couldn't believe maybe it. Farley thought- stared at me and starts going, <laughs> like freaking out. I go, I don't know. He could have also thought it was one of those sketches. I've heard that people would write out of boredom because Lauren reads the stage directions. Yeah. That they would put shit in the stage directions just because they knew it'd be funny with Lauren saying yeah. it. Yeah. So it could be, goo goo. He didn't want to say goo goo a bunch of times. Well, like we would people. say, uh, it's it's a trick in uh, read through, and Schneider would be the biggest psycho about it. So if we're read through, and let's say your script says, uh, let's say you wore a jacket and you left it in rehearsal, and then you left it somewhere else in the office, there's people that will write in, and then Rob Lowe comes in with his jacket this time, and everyone laughs, and Rob goes, "Trick, trick, that's not a real laugh. <laughs> right. That won't be a laugh. That's an inside joke." And everyone goes, "Shut the fuck up. Trick, trick, <laughs> trick." So we'd all yell trick now when you get like, and then someone comes in, it could be Ken Among, who's like one of the producers, and then everyone laughs, and I go, trick, <laughs> just to keep everyone in check. Because yeah. you put two of those in there, and it fluffs it up to where this sketch does well enough. And people get competitive. Where you think it might get on, and people are like, fuck that, I'm calling them out on that. No, I had I had, uh, I had had Lovitz in here, and we were talking about it, and oh. I remember the f- first time I met Lovitz, he was standing... Um, Outside the room, begging to get his his uh, his sketches on. What did What did Is my flyer going to be on? Yeah, Lovitz is a example of when I got hired. I was brought in for four shows uh, at the end of the season in May. You know, right around then, and then I had summer off. But they wanted me to get my feet wet for the next season. So, the four shows I was starting, I came in on that Saturday. So I went to the show, and Lauren goes, "Just walk around." Obviously, no one tells me one fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So I just walk around, and it's Love, it's his last season. And he was, I think, with Gervitz, so we're all, like, you know, friendly through that. And he was nice, but he was all depressed. And I said, why are you depressed? He goes, I'm only in two things, and Dana's in five. I go, 
you care how many things you're in? And he goes, yes, Dana's in five. Did you not hear me, man? I said, yeah, but who gives a fuck? You're hilarious. And I, I thought, oh, my God, he's been on the show six years. Everyone thinks he's hilarious. I would never count watching at home how many sketches you're in. I would just go, oh, good, there's Lovitz. Oh, Dana's in this one. That's funny. Or I would watch the whole thing and never even think he wasn't even in. But I promised myself, I go, I, I can't get like that. Mm. I was like that within three shows. <laughs> I was freaking the fuck out. I had told myself I should go dig up my time capsule and go, remember, don't freak out. And I go, nope, that's the way it is. I can't, I'm, I'm not on enough. Um, did you ever, the goodbyes, right? Yeah. Were there certain goodbyes you're like, fuck this. I don't want to go back out there. Fuck that. I'm not going, well, if I wasn't anything, I feel cheating. But or did I, you ever try to muscle your way up to be like, yes, near the, yes. Yes. Particularly I mean, if it was a good looking in all girl. Honesty. Well, more of it was famous beat good looking girl. Yeah, no, of course. I would try to muscle my way up because my friends would watch and I would count that as a sketch in my head. Yeah. I'm like, I was in good air, nights air and I did update. Airtime. I asked Lauren once, explain to me what the what this goodbye is. I don't. <laughs> I did, did, I ever t- did, did I ever tell you this? Yeah. Well. It, it, his answer was genius. He goes, um, <laughs> you, want, you want it to be that the audience feels like there's about to be an amazing party that they're not invited to. And there is. That's what it is. And there is. There's an after party. I think the parties are the parties isn't good still. I hear they're not so good anymore. Well, I'm such a puss. I would only do about an hour, but now would you ever here's the odd thing I never understood is when the actors who showed up at the party who weren't on the show or not involved with it. Oh yeah. Party I, crashers. I famous party crashers. It's just a party, but you know, Marcy would always go, All right, there's your table. You'd walk in, you have a table, like they'd rent, you know. Not Moose and Franks or whatever it's called. Wally and Joseph's. And they go, all right, that's, they wouldn't tell you the party, which is kind of cool. They would lay it on a note in your dressing room. So when you get done with the show, it says where the party is. So everyone couldn't get the word out. Saturday Night Live, there's nothing, there's never, there'll never be another show like it. Because all of this stuff is like vestigial from the good old days of the 70s. Yeah. Like even the hours, there's no reason those hours need to be so insane. They're insane because in the 70s, everybody was coked up. Yeah. They're drug hours. There's also no reason to go in at one they every day. They're, they're, they're drug hours that they still do, although no one does any drugs anymore. And the only reason you would go in early is for a commercial shoot. Right. For a fake commercial. But the rest of the week, you don't go in before one for absolutely almost any reason. No, there's no reason. And Even on show day, isn't that fucking crazy? And there's a party after everything. All this stuff of like, it's like when the business was so fun and not so corporate and- yeah. They're the last show hanging on to to all of that. I, I hope it stays on. I mean, I, I wish we had our best sketch on the internet Monday morning. That would have kept us oh going God, that because right? if you didn't see it, you just didn't see it. And it then went six away. months later, you get a rerun. If you missed that, it might be on the best of, but that's it. I know. And and, and you'd have to have like these these sketches, like let's say motivational speaker or something that just got big off of one shot and it was big even bye-bye that thing i did where i go mm-hmm. bye-bye bye-bye you know more people had tvs then and there wasn't as much cable obviously but if it worked you knew because next day i flew home to la flight attendants all bye-bye and for the next wow 10 years straight easily not one flight would go by where they wouldn't go bye-bye we showed it at training bye-bye bye. and we did that sketch twice and one didn't really count really only twice just, just off, off helen was- hunt yeah i know just off helen hunt that one 
Really? It worked. And then uh, we did it later, and it was with Steve Martin, but I didn't even know if that one re-ran. It, was, it didn't work at all, and so it was over. But, man, but we got a lot out of that. When they do Wayne's World 35 times, you know, Church Lady 50. 750 yeah. times. So it's true the audience sort of knows what they like, and they decide as a group. When when Bill Murray, the old story of he was on, and uh, Franken was writing something, and he goes, "This is Senator Al Franken." And he goes, "David, back in the old days, yeah." And he goes, "And he goes, why are you putting yourself in it?" And he goes, "I want to be on the show." And he goes, "Al, you've been on three years. They're not biting." <laughs> and he goes, "I've been on three weeks, and I'm in. They're that's, buying what I'm selling." And who said that's amazing? Bill Murray, Bill isn't Murray. that great? Because it's so true. They liked him right away, Bill Murray, and Chevy, and all these people. And Al, for like seven years, kept putting himself in stuff, and it just wasn't catching. Oh, up. the the best was I was walking. Um, we were shooting uh, Wayne's World, and I was walking the Paramount lot with Lauren, mm. and um, Al Franken came by on a bicycle, and he was he had a big new show coming out this fall where he played like a newscast. Yeah, news I remember that. One, what yeah. the, you remember? What, you remember yeah. this show? Like like a big show. Mm. And I go, Al's new news show's come out. That, that should be cool. He goes, mm. <laughs> That's it? He goes, he goes, mm. I think America voted in 1976. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this. If you're thinking about doing some home remodeling, check out Window World. Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the Good Housekeeping Seal and Energy Star certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on Literally with me, Rob Lowe, Window World, America's exterior remodeler. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, You have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality amazing smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob. That's harrys.com slash Rob for a $3 trial set. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them 
every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. Oh, I know what I want to ask you. Yes. Um, was I a dick on Tommy Boy? Was I, was were I you nice to you? Were you a dick on Tommy Boy? No. I was nice to you, right? No. We, we were all had fun together, right? We were so excited to have you. Tommy Boy wasn't a hit when we were shooting it, so I would be cockier about it now. But no, it, The Tommy Boy... Is the staying power of that movie? I mean, you've done a lot of movies. Wouldn't you yeah. say that Tommy Boy is is the one with like a, an extraordinary amount of staying power? The most – when you and Farley did Tommy Boy and then I signed on. Is um, that how it went? It was me. <laughs> I know there was a rumbling that you were going to do it and we were very excited. Well, because I was playing – again, playing tennis with Lauren. Is that how it started? Was, yeah, I'll tell you exactly how it started. I was playing tennis with Lauren and, I don't know and Bernie Brolstein. Aww. Who, by the way, was God bless my manager. He was he weighed seven thousand pounds, and but he could move like Jackie Gleason on a oh, tennis really? court. Oh, really? Yeah, he's really good. Love Bernie. And we would play uh, tennis together. And Lauren goes, "On um, this after Wayne's World had been a big success," and he was like, "I'm thinking of an idea. You and Chris's brothers." I was like, "Wow, that's really great." And I didn't hear anything about it for like six months. And I'm going to have the Turners look do it. Bonnie and Terry Turner. Yeah, Bonnie Wayne's and Terry Turner. Um. Writers from SNL. Writers from SNL. And then um, the script came out and it was tweaked differently. We were kind of brothers. That's more like Black Sheep. Yeah. And I wonder if that became Black Sheep. But that's how I heard about it first Because you could have done Black Sheep. It was Tim Matheson, but the same sort of thing. Right. His brother. He yeah. was the Black Sheep of the family. Do you remember the dinner we had? I tell. I do a one-man show. That I tell this story and it, no, it always it always kills. We went to, remember Barbarians? Barbarians, for right? sure. Right, for sure, right? So Barbarians is the place we love. Usually on the way to the Brass Rail. You, well, for I you guys, I was rail. kind of, why was I? I must have been married. I think you were married. i just gotten married. You were being very good. I was being very good because the Brass Rail was in big time. And we needed you as bait, but sometimes it, it backfires because they don't always want the shake. <laughs> 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 they don't always want the shake. They want the buds and the you know the, the, the weed buds, the not weed. the fucking sticks and stems that are me and Farley. The so we we got a we got fucking a, barbarians, Bob Weiss. We'd always go. Uh, we go to barbarians and Farley steakhouse. Oh yeah, the big steakhouse in Toronto. And I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember even where we were seated. Farley was across from me. He ordered two bone in, <laughs> two porterhouse steaks, yeah. and on top of each bite. He put a cube of butter. Oh, yeah. The peel-back butter? Yeah, the peel-back butter. It's a full square. A full square on every single bite. And I said, Chris, what the hell are you doing? And he looked up at me and goes, mm, it needs a hat. Yep. And he would eat the whole fucking, it's like a two-inch by two-inch bite. Yeah. The bites were fucking monstrous. Put a hat on it. He put a hat on it. What was the fight, the famous Tommy Boy fight about? Do you remember? I remember it happening. Oh, it's a, it was about you. It was about me, yes. right? Uh, <clears throat> we would fly on a little puddle jumper private jet, 
I think that's the only time I've been on a private jet. It was a. Uh, you had to do the show. You it guys, wasn't. Yeah. <clears throat> the SNL while we were shooting Tommy Boy. I know you hear about like Pete Davidson skipped SNL to go on a date to a wedding. It's like that would never happen. Never. Or he's shooting a movie and going to fashion shows. We're like, are you shitting me? It just must be different over there because we couldn't get out a full week to do a movie that Lauren was producing. Yeah. So Tommy Boy was Monday, Toronto. Tuesday, Toronto, Wednesday, fly into New York to do read-through, fly back after read-through, yep. Thursday, shoot, Toronto, Friday, Saturday, New York. Yep. And then at the, after the, at 1 a.m., we'd fly back to Toronto and shoot Sunday, Monday, Tuesday again. So, and it was getting freezing and it was tough. He was gaining weight. I was losing weight. The weight stayed on the frame of the screen, but it was but it just switched. Eat, yeah, different parts of the screen. You're like the number 10. So we're in this little puddle jumper, which probably now with my vast knowledge of planes, it was probably a Lear 25. It was really like an MRI with wings. Yeah. It, no, we were just, it was just two of us hunched in facing each other, and then they'd have a handler for Farley, Eric Newman. Oh, Jesus. And he would sit next to us, and Farley would reach under the seat and go, I eat when I'm nervous. And then, because there was turbulence, and then we'd be in the car driving, and he'd have another butterfinger. I'm like... Are you nervous to be in the car now? And he's like, a little. <laughs> so he's eating all the time. But a little. But we, that particular time, we're all burned out. I'm sure it was toward the end of the shoot. We're both fucking dying. It's like an old married couple. We're fucking fighting all the time. We're never apart. So he goes, when's the call tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know, six. And it's probably 1 a.m. We're landing. Or whatever it was. We landed whenever. And he said, he goes, I'm feeling sick. I think I got the flu or something. I'm going to go in and crash. I go, all right. Um, not saying what I'm doing. I'm just saying you're out. Got it. So I get to the Four Seasons. I think I call you and say, what are you doing? want to go have a drink. So we go just to the bar and have one drink. I'm still like, whatever. We don't tell Farley. Of course we don't. <clears throat> we see him every goddamn fucking day. And then the next day, <laughs> I, get, I get up. I go in and make up. The, oh, I go to his room and he already left, which is weird. Because that's what housekeeping started. Housekeeping! And then he would go, Ugh! I go, you know, it's me every day. <laughs> we put that in the movie because it was just happening every day and he fell for it every single day. So then we get to the set and he's looking at me in the makeup mirror and I'm like, what's up, everybody? And he's just staring at me, biting his lip, which is about to have a fight. Oh, that's the, like that was the about uh -huh, to have a fight. That's his tail. Oh, yeah, that's right. His tail. He put mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the tongue under. That's mm -hmm. so right. God, mm -hmm. I'd forgotten that. And he looks at me and he goes... I go, how's your night? And he goes, good, good. Are you feeling all right? And he goes, hmm. How's Rob Lowe? <laughs> and I go, I guess he had heard that we were together. I don't even know how he heard. <laughs> and I go, oh, I haven't seen him yet. Hmm. How's Rob Lowe? I go, how's Rob Lowe? I don't know. What do you mean? And he goes, hmm. Where's Rob Lowe? Where's your fucking precious Rob Lowe? I go, <laughs> I don't know. And he goes, uh, how was drinks last night? <laughs> and I go, Oh, is that what we're getting at? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was all right. I just, we had a drink, went to bed. Oh, so you call fucking Rob Lowe so you can have a little date with him, but I'm not, a, you don't call me? <laughs> I go, I don't call you. I don't know. Remember the last word off the wire was you were sick. You were going home, you were sick. And we had a big day today. Mm. So you call Rob Lowe. I go, <laughs> yes. And it's, you can call him Rob. I think we, we know, know who it is yeah. at this point. <clears throat> And then we get on the set and he's still just staring at me smoking and we're outside of a scene 
I can remember this. I do too. And inside, I think it's you and Bo, maybe. Mm-hmm. I remember it. Maybe Denny. I don't know who was in the scene. It was Bo. I remember. And so- We're at the house. Pete Siegel's the director. So we're outside waiting. I'm dying and we're freezing and we're waiting for some camera problem. So I'm eating a tuna fish sandwich on the ground. This is the part I knew. I knew about the tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to live because I have to eat all the time. And Farley's just st- over me, staring at me, smoking a cigarette. How's Rob Lowe? And I'm like, I, I don't know if we're talking about this more or I don't know what to say. Rob's great. He's in the scene. I'm going over my lines. And then he can't stand that it's not going anywhere. So he comes and steps on my hand, my tuna, with his big fucking boots. Those big fucking and red I go, wing Ow! boots. With all his thousands of pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, ow, you fuck. And then I have my Diet Coke in my hand, so I just throw it on him. And he gets up and he pushes me down these stairs. Mm-hmm. There's like four stairs. And right when I get to the bottom and stand up, like, are we in a fight? And they go, action on the walkie. And we just stare at each other. And then we turn and we walk in. And I walk in the door. And this is my recollection. I walk in the door and I see you guys. And someone says something. And I'm just staring and my heart's beating. And then Pete goes, spades line. And then someone yells it. And I still don't say it. And then I go, fuck. And then I just walk out. And Pete goes, um, taking a five. Because no, no one knew what was no going on. No one knew what was going on. I, rem- I remember. I, I thought went, you'd had a heart attack. I went to my trailer. Farley went to his. I go, oh, we'll be shut down for days over this. I'm not talking to this asshole for like ever. And then Fred came in my room. Fred Wolf, the writer. Fred Wolf, the writer. Bob Weiss came in. The producer. producer. Henchman. <laughs> Pete probably went to you and Bob Farley and me, and they did the rounds. Farley went out and tackled Skippy. Wow. Because he was so mad, he had to hit a guy his size. Skippy was a guy that worked for Pete that was about three plus pounds, 300. And he just went up and tackled him just because he had so much anger. And then- No, you guys, you, I, I remember you guys f- used to fight over me. I mean, there was a whole thing about we went to the jacuzzi one night at the Four Seasons. Do you remember that one? Well, I'm sure if you were in a bathing suit, it was really going to up the <laughs> fucking ante. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, we had a blast. All my memories of Tommy Boy and with you on that were fun. The movie was fun. It was stressful. All movies are hard. You wish you could enjoy how much the movie will be remembered at the time. Like if they told you this yeah. movie's going to be one of the ones I'll remember forever. This one, maybe not. <laughs> so you kind of walk through it. But, yeah. But Tommy Boy, I hear about more than anything. I mean, I hear Joe Dirt, but Joe Dirt... It's just me, so I appreciate that. Right. And that movie's Farley. So we had great seats for Farley. So I, I I love it. And I'm just glad to be a part of something. And I know people go, oh, do you get mad if people ask about old movies? I said, no, because you want to be remembered for something. You don't want to have nothing on your resume. And people did bye-bye forever. And they go, you get sick of that? I go, no, I, I went to SNL to get a catchphrase. I mean, I never thought I would. And you get something that people remember. And that was like a success. You know? I, that means it worked. I, I went my whole career without a catchphrase until I did Parks and Recreation. See, Parks and Recreation. And I got one. literally, which is <laughs> why we called the podcast literally. See? It's, I was so excited. You'd have thought I'd won a fucking Academy Award. Yeah. But like, those I have a pod- lot. Yeah, they do. People come up to you in the street and they go, bye-bye. Or they go, I literally are. And Perkins. They do all my little but fucking they stupid like catchphrases. That you were on a good show that was well done and- it's great to have out there. And then you do one more thing. And then, <clears throat> listen, obviously everything we do, we try to do the best. I don't set out to do movies that don't do well. But 
They don't always, from the second you read them till you know when you shoot them and the editing, they can get the ball dropped anywhere along the way. The collaborative nature of what we do is, you know, for the average person, they just, there's no way they would know because they're not in it. But your performance can be ruined or made great, or the movie can be ruined by music, by editing, by anything. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it really is like the old, it takes a village. If and it's good, it's on everybody. And bands if it's bad, fight, then. and that's why there's trouble on sets, because you don't agree with the director, and you can see it going in a direction that you know it's not going to work, or you think you know it's not going to work. And that's where the collaborative and creative differences happen. But that's why everyone eventually tries to do their own thing because you'd rather sort of live or die by whatever you you decide. So I do my own show is hard because I I don't want all those decisions. I want some of them. I don't want a thousand percent of them. And your new show is great on Comedy Central. Yeah. So every night? Monday through Thursday. So four nights out Did of you week. just go out and invent it? Because it's so, there's so few like late night slots open. It started with my Instagram stories and then they, uh, right. people from studios were DMing me to say, you know, I just happen to watch these and they're so weird and different. Maybe, is there anything here that you could do on TV for us? <clears throat> and so I didn't really think of that. And I thought, I don't know if it's a little wispy because there's really low pressure on an Instagram story. Right. It's free. You stumble upon it. Yep. You get kind of a laugh. You go, all right. And it's sort of an acquired taste. And then- I thought, well, Instagram as a whole is such a new, weird... This is a couple of years ago, you know. So it's spun from that to do a pilot about it. We called it Verified. And Great. then we said, because comedians are funny. It had no plan to have any stars on it. It was just like, let's just get comedians. They're all good. They've all had a Netflix special. They're all headliners. They sell out everywhere. Just get them in there and let's try that. And so we tried that as a pilot. I think Chrissy Teigen came on and Whitney Cummings and <clears throat> we had like a fun panel. And then now that spun into, they liked it and tested well and they said, let's do it every night. And we we're like, oh, so you sort of got a upgrade from a pilot who's going to be once a week. Every night is way better because you can get some momentum going. And so it turned into, they start saying, what if you had more stars on? It's funny because people just seem to want that even if they don't want it. You know what I mean? If it doesn't even mean it's good or bad. And sometimes it's hard if you put someone, an actor, an actor out there, the show starts to move quickly with, it's not just a sit down bullshit discussion show. It's supposed to be, but because people are pretty sharp, it moves a little quicker. So I've said no to some people because I don't want to put them in the line of fire. Like if we had someone on, I didn't think, didn't think understood exactly how it worked. They might look bad. And I don't want them to look bad. Well, <clears throat> since you brought that up, you know what I'm saying. You know, you host you hosted my roast, which was yeah, fucking amazing, and you were great. I forgot about that too. That was right? great. I mean, yeah. right, great. But talk about somebody I don't think understood was our girl Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter. Oh, I don't think she. I, I honestly don't think she understood. By the way, she took a huge chunk of jokes off me and probably you because oh, she yeah. was a late addition, and it was the best thing that could happen for us. And the show, not for her. No, I got to the point where I hadn't come up yet because, you know what? Oh, you're the, at the, the end. They yeah. go at the, at the end. And my jokes were good and mean. Like, I wanted everybody to be mean to me and I wanted to be mean. Mm. Everybody was, it was, I had so much fun. It was fucking It was great. fucking, fucking amazing. So many smart jokes smart thrown around Smart jokes. It's great. Really great. It's really a great roast if you haven't seen it. It's great. But, um, but Anne got, 
shellacked, pummeled. pummeled so much so that like I didn't I felt bad. I, was I like, didn't want to look at her. I kept <clears throat> saying to Peyton Manning, I was sitting next to Peyton. I was like, I can't look. I can't look over there. How, how is she? And he's like, it's not good. Because I, I didn't want to look over and then really feel bad for her and then like lay off my jokes. Yeah. I did, you know, well, Peyton's over there weathering 15 Zika baby jokes about him. <laughs> but his head. <laughs> yeah. But he, it was a brutal roast. The fun thing about the roast that I like, I think Jeff is uh, responsible for that, Ross, that we don't know the other person's jokes. I think people think we do. No, we don't. So you don't know the tone. So here's the way it works if, you, if you've always wondered. So they, yeah. they call me up out of the blue and they go... We'd like to roast you. I'm a huge fan of the roast. I've watched all of them. I, I happen to love the genre. So I was really, really excited. And I went to like to Cheryl Lowe, who I run everything by. And she was like, you can't do that. <laughs> She's like, you're not going to do it. There's no way. You, you. I go, why? She goes, because you, you, you're going to be embarrassed in front of the whole country. I said, honey, that ship has sailed. <laughs> and then she goes, well, do they pay you? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I told her how much they pay. She goes, oh my God, we they have do, to do They it. do pay well. They pay, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> Shockingly for- You get fu- you get paid. Yeah, it's nice. So, um, for the pain. So, um, so I, we, we do it, and, but you work with great writers and they write jokes for you and you help them as much as you can, but you never know what the other people are going to say. Like, I had no idea what you were going to mm-hmm. say, no idea what the, and, and vice versa. So it's a free fire zone. Yes. That's the best part. And when you go to the comedy store- they go, Nikki Glazer's here. And I go, okay, I'll wait. And I wait in the parking lot. And then she tries her material and then comes out and she goes, oh, you're on? All right, I'll get out of here. And I remember coming in rehearsal, seeing you and saying hi, and you had finished. And then they go, we got to wait till Rob's out of here. Or one of us was leaving, yeah. one was coming. So the other guy could do their jokes. And I like that because then you're genuinely laughing that night. Wednesday. Oh my God, I laugh so hard at at, at, at so many j- jokes. And there's always somebody who's the 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 sleeper, the crushes that you never yeah. think is going to crush. And we had a lot of them. That Jimmy Carr had not been known really yeah. to American people. And he, there's also what I find is sometimes unknown comedians are going the deepest because they want to get in the headlines of like, can you believe that they said that? It was so rough. But <clears throat> as the person getting roasted, I think it would be hard to have someone that you don't know ripping into you that hard. <clears throat> that you know is, I mean? if it's for self-serving purposes. That is true. And again, I think I got spared because the the deep dive real ripping went to Ann Coulter. Yes. And also yours can be peppered around. You, you were a little harder when we were writing because you're, there, there's some things to poke fun of, but nothing really horrible has happened to you or something horrible you can hang your hat on. It's just a bunch of things sort of to make fun of you, right. you know? Right, right, so right, right. it doesn't hurt as much. There was a couple of things I pulled because I know you, and I said, you know what? His family's here, and I go, this one, I just don't think we need it. And then and then everyone else sort of went all-out warfare. But Oh, yeah, oh, for sure, all-out warfare. <laughs> but I didn't want you to hear it from me. Well, the be- yeah, thank you. I, I looked out, and one of my wife's best friends is Maria Shriver, and yeah. she was sitting in the front row, and she literally the color— mm-hmm. Had drained. I think Maria thought she was she witnessing. She had no idea what she was walking. She, was, she thought she was witnessing another assassination. <laughs> That's what you should have said. Oh my God. Maria, do you think you're seeing another assassination? Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, 
destinations and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies. You got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and forget. Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. I want to know what your secret is for the, your filmography is one thing. Sure. But your illustrious love life. Oh. Is. Like life. Do, I'm just going to come out and ask it. Yes. It's been rumored on the street. (laughs) Do you have 
I know what you're going to ask. Do you know what I'm going to ask? Yeah. Are the rumors <laughs> no. <laughs> no. true? You had a- are, are you an elephant man? No. But you know what? I think it's good to think that because – No shit. I think, yeah, I think it's good to think no, that. No, I think girls say that. Yeah, I would hate that. Because – I would hate if people were like, you know who's got a fucking gigantic – No, it's – Rob Lowe. That guy's like – Nobody says it about me. No, I mean what, – What happens is, Robert, is I think they need a reason to say they went out with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and all the girls that you date are actually also really cool. Yeah, the one I'm seeing now is this girl. The one sounds bad. I'm seeing someone for a long That's time. That's not good. You better back that one up. I'm seeing someone right now that I have that I was friends with first for a long time, and now we're together, and it's the same thing. Very fun, very funny to me, mm-hmm. very charming, has her own stuff going on. Obviously, really pretty to me, of course. Um, so, And we get along great. So I'm trying to be normal. It's very hard. I mean, I think... I would love to blame my crazy upbringing, but I don't know what to blame. I just couldn't lie. It's very tough for me. It's very tough. Yeah, it's. This is the first time I'm trying to get things. No, like I was, I'm. I'm surprised. I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm surprised to hear that you're like going for it. I don't know what's hard about it. It's just hard because I think it's. There's another psychological part about when you know everything's finalized like that. Like, let's say you're married and you have a job, then it's almost like in your head a waiting game to like it's all over. Like yes. what's left that's a question mark in your life? Oh, yeah. What's sure. different? What could be fun still? And that's more my problem than someone I was seeing. It's more me going, I have to look at it differently because it's all about it's how such you look a positive thing to be with someone I like. And then I remember, listen, you know, I was pretty aggressively single in my day. Aggressive and, is a good word for that. Right. Well, what can you, I mean, famous and good looking. I mean, fucking What could shit. go wrong? Just like. It's too good to be true, and you can't even control your. I mean, I wouldn't. No one knows what to do. I had a little fame. I got like a. I was in the penny saver in an ad once, and I was walking around like I was King Cock. <laughs> I see how it gets to you, you know. And it, SNL. I was such gradually famous that it saved my head. Mm-hmm. If I was Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and the Mask in a row, Jim Carrey. I don't know how he. Yeah, I don't know how you do mean, it. I see him more lately because he did the show, and now we've sort of reconnected, but. I've still stunned over three monsters like that. I don't think I could handle it. There's nowhere to go. They're too good. No. Three well, not on those, hilarious comedies. Yeah, they're not only hits, but they're also great. Great. And monsters, and he's great in them. And, and out of the blue, you're like, what the fuck? And then another one, then another one. And you go, it doesn't work like that. You, Sandler's had a run at $100 million movies. He probably has 10. How many Sandler movies have you been in? I've probably only been in about 40. Yeah, I think it's about right. I don't know. I've probably been in, I mean, I sort of come in the fine print, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah. there you go, Sandler. And I, hello. And they go, oh, he's with you? It was in the deal. You just do, you think, do you think he's, you're his good luck charm? Well, I also was in Jack and Jill. Yeah, there's that. But I will say, I think, I think he made a smart move with grownups, which was like doing the Golden State Warriors. Like, get guys that have their own movies and we'll all be in one. Right. When there's, when there's a lot of competition, it was a good trick. And then he, he sort of, when we shot it, spread out the jokes. So we all got to score. Yeah, everybody gets to score on those. Because we'd sure. all write jokes for him. Adam, why don't you say this? And he goes, no, you say that. No, give that one a rock. No, no, it'd be funnier if Kevin said that. And so in the editing, you can also change it too, but he spread them around again. And that movie was like good family, not dirty, funny movie. 
and the second one too. So I think we should do another one like that, if not that exactly, but I, I like that. And uh, do, I think he's good at that. Does um, There's a period where I'm pretty sure he chose his movies based on what hotels he wanted to stay in. Like did Michael you ever did you, did you ever do any of those movies where it was like, oh, he's oh, this is all clearly shot. At I the didn't Four get Seasons the Hawaii Maui. ones. Yeah, I didn't get those. I didn't get just go with it. I didn't get um, because he doesn't do interviews. I know I'm never going to get him, so I'm just going to ask you all the questions I wanted to ask. Um, so okay, so uh, does Adam Sandler have wardrobe, or does he just like whatever he rolls That's in on that? Because he in all his movies he looks the way I do. On, when way to the set. on my way to the set, yeah. It is true that when I was doing Grown Ups, we'd go in there and uh, if you go in his fucking Mongo trailer. Right. <laughs> like you go past the weight room. Does he have a weight room, really? He's got like a Solo Flex, Nordic I, Track, fuck. all the new stuff. I hear those trailers are amazing. They're, one day one day, I'm going to be big enough. It's good because you go in there and like watch TV because it's big and it's got a big screen. But And then he tries to explain to you why you're in a two-banger. <laughs> Lingo! The funny thing is Sandler's wearing a striped T-shirt. We have a striped T-shirt on the bed for his wardrobe for the day. Then there's a rack of T-shirts and big shorts. And so <laughs> I don't even know. Actually, Grown Ups 2 was filmed in one day. So whatever you wore was for the day. Right. So you really had to. It was kind of fun because once you picked it, you ran it it's for fun a for a while. But then you're like, shit, this is driving me nuts. Yeah. But he was wearing a striped T-shirt, I think, when he went in that day and he had his coffee. And I went in his trailer and uh, at the beginning. And he had his all his stuff laid out, and the wardrobe person was there. He's like, yeah. Uh, looks at it all and goes, I'll just wear this. And they're like, you do understand, but they don't talk to him like that. They no. go, oh, so to wear it in the whole movie. That's, yeah. Like, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're oh. like, yeah, great, great, great. Does, none of this news stripes, surprises me. I've seen the movie. Stripes are evergreen. And uh, so he wore a shirt. I wore, I still have my outfit. Saving it for Planet Hollywood well, I was Orlando. Say, you plan Hollywood for Donate sure. Donate it. And uh, it's fun to have the same outfits laying around. All I know is if I'm looking at the David Spade exhibit in Planet yeah. Hollywood Orlando, I'm not say? looking for fucking shirts. You know what? I, I want the trucker hats. <laughs> I got some trucker hats from grownups. I got a Joder wig. I've got Joder janitor outfit. You know the coolest thing I ever saw that um, Jamie Lee Curtis saved? I don't know if she still does, but she saved the slates. You know, the things they put oh, in yeah. action. Yeah, and she had them from like Halloween and all the way up. I thought that was such a good thing. To, That's a the, good thing to steal. Yeah. I always want something from the movies. I don't. Because now they do estate sales. Well, they'll, the estate of Elvis Presley, the estate of Marilyn Monroe. The estate of David like, Spade? You no, thinking that like far William ahead? Shatner. It's like, you know, Benny from L.A. Law. <laughs> They're sort of toning it down a little bit, but it used to be like just Elvis, Marilyn, Michael Jackson, anything in their house now. Literally, yeah, no, that's like they're you, closed. They're, so people are doing that. So one day, Harper, my daughter, I'll say, Harper, you sell this Joe Dirt wig. I don't care. Don't sell, get too attached to it. You sell it. You sell it. You put your kids through college. Yes. You do the right thing. You have the skin of a, of, a, of a young baby. My skin is not bad. No, I'm saying it's the f- skin of a young baby. I think you and I are about the same age. I'm not going to say what it is, but I think no, no, my we're birthday very was, close. My birthday was this week. It was? Mm-hmm. It was oh, you're, it? you might be older now, but we're very close. We're very close. Let's talk off the air. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah. I know so many people. Because we don't want anybody to, to go to Google. Nobody can Google. We want to keep this a mystery. I That's know. My that she's lying about her age. How? I know. I, I want to know how. Lying is almost a thing of the past. I hate to say it, but lying is going away. Yeah. It I wanna, sucks. I want to, she's 40-ish. 
the way it's the business is so changed, it's all for the good, obviously. But I, I, I would get script. First of all, there are no love scenes in movies. You ever notice that? They don't exist. Well, like James Bond. They don't exist. I mean, Bond does, but even that. Just, no, James Bond doesn't really even do that. He barely does it. They might just show them walking into the room and then it's the next day. When I would get scripts, I would turn to page 73. Always. First thing I would do. It was always page the love scene. If there was one, oh, really? it was always going to be on page seventy three. Because figure it's the middle of the second act. Yeah, it's the hardest part to write. It's the most boring part of a movie, and there was always a love scene I didn't every single that. time. Yeah, I didn't know that was the most boring part. It makes sense now. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And they don't do them anymore. I would. I did a movie called Masquerade, which oh. was ahead of its time. It's a good movie. I'm really proud of it. But you look back and I like all, Kim Cattrall is in that movie. Was that Mannequin? Pre Mannequin. Is it where you're dating a mannequin? Jesus. Or is that mannequin? Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. It's ahead of its time and I'm proud of it. I'm dating a mannequin. <laughs> well, it sounds yeah, like sure. mannequin. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's. And that was Andy McCarthy. It was old Andy McCarthy. You were in St. Elmer's Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone remembers that one. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Uh, I think the, if you guys be in the studio right now, Spade's eyes lit up just now. Oh, you were in St. Oh, Elmer's Fudge. I'm excited. Fudd. Where is your list of questions? Have we asked one yet? No. You want to go? <laughs> no. You know, That's why it's easy because. No. Um, all right. You want to, you want to know questions? Give me one last one because I got to go. I got to, um, I got to. All right. I, he's what? got a, he's got a list. I'm telling you one of like 300 questions and only two are like. Fun. Highlighted. Yeah. It's based on the, the, the old Proust questionnaire on the end of Vanity Fair. You oh, ever yeah. in the cover of Vanity Fair? You ever do Vanity Fair? No. I have. Just kidding. Um, um, you're not kidding. I guarantee you have. Oh, yeah, it's true. Have you? Oh, yeah. I did Rolling Stone. But back when it was hard to get on the cover. It was hard. I was on the cover of St. Elmer's Fudd. <laughs> we were all on the cover. Wait, you were in another one like that, weren't you? Like that. I have my, I've had my share of covers, David. All right, I'm going to go through. We're going to do our, 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 we'll end here with our- um, Speed round. Our speed round here. Th- um, the Stones of the Beatles. Um, the thing you need to know about the- I have to say, I hate to say Beatles. You have to. Yeah. I think you have to. I, I love Beatles. I think, you've met Mick, all of them, right? Did, I have a photo of me doing promos with Mick. So good. Uh, I have it at my house. It was Phil Hartman as Clinton oh. and Luke Perry was a host. And I was giving pro- when you That's when you're so a scrub, good. they put you in charge of promos, but they think you're a big writer again. So I walk out there, I go, "What I think, Lauren, Mick, if you could just stand on your mark, you know what a mark is, you know." And then I just try to act cool. But I did get with the host and the music every week. That was fun. That's but I really met Mick good. there. He doesn't remember. Lauren put him on the phone once as a cold call to say, "Hey, I think it'd be funny, Mick's doing this thing. David, you're a great joke writer. Hang on, Mick, this is one of our writers, David." And he goes, "Hello." And it was a cold call. I go, the fucker. But I tried to pitch some garbage to him. Uh, okay, Mick. And then this, the Beatles I love. Beatles I love. And I love McCartney and I see him every time I, I can. Um, if you could take any drug. Oh, without- sorry. I took too long on that answer. He's no, like, no, it was really right, good. Right, it was, it was so a right, fucking right. 50-50 shot. And you, I had to hear about I know. I had cold to calls go back. So I go, Michaels you know, and- when I first heard an AM radio. Oh, <laughs> um, oh wait. Forget the drug question. Um, if you could see a UFO, Ooh. a ghost, wow, or Bigfoot, I'm really playing along, aren't I? I'm not. I'm not rolling my eyes at these questions. I would say this is why I don't have my own real talk show. I believe in UFOs. Yeah, for sure. Have you seen one? No, I think as much as I believe they're real, I don't think I could handle it, and I think that's what the government thinks. I think they're right. Do you do you know who we has the most it. gnarly UFO story? Robin Roseanne. Is that Meyer, Mike's Mike, wife? Mike Myers' ex-wife. Oh, really? Oh, crazy, 
crazy. But you believe it, right? Oh, no, no. It's a famous story. It's uh, in New Jersey where like hundreds of people saw it. She came up her street over all, every single, every, everybody's out on the street, every neighbor, well, every friend it. watching, whoa, 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 come over. Yeah. Crazy. Like, but I believe because Phoenix had it when I was there. I didn't yes. see it. And the Phoenix, the Phoenix lights, lights are a big were, one. Were you living there when the Phoenix lights happened? I wasn't there. I was on the road doing a gig. And I was well, like, that's a big, big, big thing. It's a mile wide fucking spaceship that sat there for 45 minutes. And people like, I don't know. And then the governor said it was a joke. And then five years later when he wasn't, he said it was 100% real. I couldn't say it. They wouldn't let me. I was like, oh. but there's enough. I'm just saying, I don't know physically if I could compute it and deal with it. I'd be so fucking scared to death. And I think that's why they're inching us information about it. Like you see the Navy thing where they see it in the- Oh yeah, they're leaking it out. And they're sure. leaking it to go, guys, it's like say, I'll tell you a story. You're like, fuck no. When I was a kid, Rob, everyone can tune out. My dad said, this reminds me of UFOs. My dad said, um, do you guys want to play monster? I was four. My brothers were six and eight. And we go, what's that? We go, he goes, I pretend I'm a monster. And I wrestle around and just grab you guys. Davey, I know you're the youngest. Do you get the game? I said, yes. I go, it's called monster. It's only a fake name. I'm not a monster. I'm going to fake grab you and tackle you and I'll make noises like a monster. And okay. I go, but you're my dad. He goes over it a hundred times. He goes, here we go for the fake game. I'm a monster. I go, holy fuck, there's a monster. I ran into the kitchen, grabbed my, a knife and said, mom, I'll save you. She looks away. I run and I dive and stab him in the leg. And this reminds me of why they're not telling us about UFOs. Because we're like, we can handle it. And, and we're fine with it. And then there's a UFO and we fucking freak out. Did you stab me? Stabbed him in the leg in his Bermuda shorts, blood everywhere. How did you not understand the rules? The rules are pretty I easy to I thought I understood, Rob. And I'm telling you, I thought I got it. And when he went into it, he's a great actor. I don't know. And my brothers are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I go... I, it's called thank you. I saved you from the monster. And then I go, wait, he's turning back into dad because he's screaming at me and hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> dad, I know I love. <laughs> so you think we'll all be like that? Like, no, we're ready. We're totally yes, ready. Yes, I of think course, it's, too, oh, it's too overwhelming. Uh, the odds are 100% that they're we'd not be alone be, in the meep, universe. Meep, meep. I still, my roommate when uh, I was- Can I get a little more alien? Ah, oh, so good. Take me to your coating cough syrup. <laughs> oh, I can't spare that. <laughs> So, what <laughs> David's putting his hat on genie, now. That's yeah. a very subtle way of saying he's done with this interview. No, only and he's checking. His even phone. my stories are boring me now. I know. I mean, this, yours are horrible, but mine. No, but Rob, I just want to summarize but and say. I just, I just want to say this before we all go. I just want to say this. This is our good nights. This is our good. This is our good nights. This is the, yeah. we're going to go to a party that nobody else is invited. We should to. have the music come up like that. Mm. Oh, we will. Oh, we're, believe me, I've got right. really good music. I got. I got pull a ripcord. This has been great. It's yeah, been great. <laughs> everyone's bleeding. Everyone's bleeding. Please Shit's stop. hit the fan. Thank you, really bud. Fun. And you've uh, been great. I'm glad we got to talk about all this stuff. Um, you're a big star. I'm glad we're buddies. No, it's good. We, and we've been we've been pals a long time through a lot of. A lot of fucking crazy lifestyle. A lot of tuna sandwiches, a lot of roasts. A lot of throwing down staircases. Yeah. Miss you already. This is good. Thank you. People always ask me, are you really going to ask those dumb questions at the end from the Proust questionnaire or whatever? They're so boring. Like, But every time I do it, it's like all of a sudden I've known David Spade for, I've known for 30 years. Now he tells me he stabbed his father at the... At the end of the interview, it would be the first thing I would say. 
if I were on a podcast. I'd be like, I got a great story. I stabbed my father once, but David Spade, no, 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 no. He wants to talk about Farley. Rah, 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 rah. Then we get the stab dad story. This is why we podcast people. This is why we're here. Also, let's face it, I asked him if he had a big dick, and you're not going to get that on Mark Marin or Joe Rogan. Those guys can all take a back seat. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Anyway, thanks for playing. We will do this again. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blair. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.